7.30. So, episode three of... 7.30. Solid. That's going to be... That's never, ever going to get old. Um, well, it might, but... No, I'm finally ready for it. That's <laughs> too, pre- need, too prepared these days. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It is great. All right. Uh, so, Robin, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about body image. Um, you know, we've been talking to a lot of the ladies at the gym, at the box, and... Uh, you know, just about body image and things like that and how CrossFit and weightlifting has, is sort of changing the the view of body image for women and men. So you're talking about like the overall acceptance or the overall maybe popularity or the openness now. You know, it's not such a maybe like a closed group. There are a lot more people doing like this kind of fit fitness. I think it's probably, yeah, that and then the change from, you know, everybody needs to be skinny but also toned at the same time to just be strong and be who you want to be, especially with the expansion of women as fitness and strength athletes. And you'll see, you know, more muscular women and things like that. Sure. Well, I mean, Mike, as the, you know, as our as our coach, you see lots and lots of people coming through through the box and i'm sure you see lots of different body types oh all different shapes and sizes that's for sure and uh i think the coolest thing in the past few years that we do see is that people find a love of fitness and not only that but it's no longer the end goal just to look a certain way or to lose x amount of weight or to gain an inch on their hips or lose an inch on their hips or whatever it is right it's you know, having something to enjoy or a means to enjoy a healthy hobby that's not detrimental to their mental psyche. So uh, here's some facts for you. Uh, 400 to 600 advertisements bombard us every day, and 1 in 11 has a direct correlation about beauty. Did you know that also one out of every four college-aged women uses unhealthy methods for weight control? So that could be anything from, um, you know, those crazy pills to not eating enough to running 18 hours of cardio a day or whatever they need to do to feel beautiful. Sure, sure. Well, the pressure to be thin is affecting even girls as young as five and six years old. That's, that, that, that's insane to me because, like, you know, I was I was looking the, the, the other day. Uh, what did I see? Uh, BuzzFeed posted this this list of, like, things that happened in 1997, like these big, you know, things. And, you know, I put it on Facebook and I said, that, you know, 1997 is definitely one of those years it, from my childhood that I could pretty much remember. I pretty much remember as like a whole, like a lot of different events happened, you know, and I was eight. So going back even younger, the, these, you know, kids are feeling or getting introduced to that pressure, which is totally, totally insane. Um, you know, and then there's the objectification, uh, increasing self-consciousness, body anxiety, um, heightened mental health threats, you know, depression, anorexia. Uh, bulimia, sexual uh, d- dysfunction, um, increased body shame. You know, that's something that happens all the time. And sometimes you don't even know it's it's, it's happening. You know, and it's really sad that they say that 4% of women around the world consider themselves beautiful, and that's it. And, you know, I'm sure men feel the same way. They don't have as many stats about men, but, you know, it's really it is just sad and frustrating as a woman Um and I'm sure as men who are, surround themselves with strong women to see these women who, you know, don't love themselves. Yeah, it's definitely a sad thing. I mean, going back to what Dave said earlier about 1997, right? Same deal, nine years old. But it, we have all these images that even if you don't think deeply about them, right, they're driven into your head from a daily basis. Like even women in Disney, you look at Jasmine, how skinny she is and how curvy she is, right? Like little things like that are what you see the princess as. And over time... 
thousands upon thousands of those are driven into your head. And to talk about what Robin was saying, yeah, it's definitely an issue with guys as well. We're not objectified nearly as much um, or it's not nearly as publicized, right? Not nearly as thrown in your face. But there definitely is a pressure to fit a certain mold, to look a certain way. And uh, I think the current fitness world and the fitness trend is definitely about to change that. Sure. No, absolutely. And, you know, I see, I, I can remember having the, the image, you know, before I started CrossFit, you know, before I even thought, thought about it, you know, when I heard the term CrossFit, I always thought about, you know, either someone extremely, extremely fit. I remember watching a couple years ago, I saw like CrossFit games for, for, for the first time. These men and women, they're so like, you know, I look, I was like, these people are huge and they're just, you know, they're, they're like machines you know, I, I don't I don't know if I could ever do that. The average Joe is this you know is this something for for the average Joe? Fast forward five years, and it's like oh, there's people of all shapes and sizes that are doing CrossFit, and not not just CrossFit, but any kind of cross training. Mm-hmm. I think that people and uh, and exercise in in general is one getting a more uh, a more positive bump from from media and from out, outside sources, and two people are finding that you know what it's it's okay. It's okay to look the way you look because how you look on the outside doesn't necessarily, you know, determine your health on the inside. And I think that's also a big factor of people saying like, all right, you know what, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that, that comes down to, and it, we hear this over and over and over again, like, oh my God, what they do at the CrossFit Games, that's nuts. I can never climb a rope without my legs. I can never walk on my hands. All this stuff is the point zero 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 one percent and how jacked and shredded, oh, they look huge. Fun fact about that, they're all around 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but, you know, that's just a knock on the guys. <laughs> Ladies are probably short, too. But they are still immense, in immense physical condition. And there's a whole lot more to it, the world of functional fitness, than just the shredded, just the upper, the elite athletes, we'll say. And I think there's also, I mean, if you look at, so yes, we've got the CrossFit athletes, they're shredded, they're elite and whatever. And then you look at, um, you know, an arena like Strongman or Strongwoman, where those people have completely, they're athletic and super strong, but they have completely different body body type and and beliefs and what you know makes them beautiful or or whatever strong. And um, but if you saw like uh, Matt Frazier walking around versus another mm-hmm. like Brian Shop, you might be like, well, clearly Matt Frazier is more athletic than Brian Shop, but mm-hmm. you know maybe that's not so true. They're just different. They're just different. Exactly. Accepting people for who they are versus, you know, just having one idea of fitness, one idea of strength, one idea of whatever it is. And honestly, anyone that's into fitness, whether it be bodybuilding, whether it be strongman, whether it be CrossFit, as long as they're moving on a daily basis, they watch what they eat. I mean, strongmen are, are meticulous about their diet, getting in a certain amount of calories, right? To have a something that's a healthy hobby like that is a really cool thing. And again, is changing the game up and, and people are going to believe more in themselves and their abilities and look forward to improving those rather than improving a, a look in the mirror that changes day to day, right? Based on how much sodium do you have? How much water do you drink in a day? How dehydrated you are based on the weather? Whatever it is, right? Something that ultimately you can control, but so many little details that will drive you insane. Absolutely. Um, So I found this quote um, from Megan Clements. She's a CrossFit coach. um, And she said, you take photos of a woman because she looks pretty, not because she can back squat a lot, right? And so I think that's just 
reinforcing that idea that, you know, women are supposed to be beautiful and that's how they're depicted in media. And even, even in modern fitness magazines, you know, those women look, they look great. They have great bodies, but they're also wearing full makeup and they've been mm -hmm. photoshopped. Photoshopped so, like yeah. crazy. You know, it's not realistic um, by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, women across the country look at this and say, that's what I have to look like to be mm -hmm. fit or to be beautiful. Which is really interesting because you take take body image from uh, go 50, 60 years ago, okay? Marilyn Monroe was the most beautiful woman in the world. Great right? example. Okay. Um, you know, she was she was the first Playboy centerfold. Okay, she was on the minds of men all over the country. She was married to Joe DiMaggio. She was, you know, a movie star. She was the the sex symbol. She was the ideal of what the media or what the you know society wanted to push. And you know what? If she was around today, she'd be considered plump. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Love that statistic, and I mean, just idea, right? That it's such a generational thing, and it's ever evolving, right? I mean, back in the day, they used to say what queens were seen like the, the bigger they were, the more voluptuous they. Oh yeah, Hawaiian, uh, back in the Hawaiian days, right? Like that was desirable. That was what they wanted. Sure. That meant they would be a good mother. This, that, that, and the other. And over time, it has gotten increasingly uh, crazy, and mass media plays a huge, huge part sure. in that. Sure, and you know you, you bring up a really good good point. Um, the Hawaiian, the Islander, the like uh, mm -hmm. Samoan, the the Pacific Islander culture, um, still to this to this day, uh, their their women are 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 bigger. Mm -hmm. They're you know they seem to be stronger. They're they're wider. They do have um, you know bigger features than what the media or society would tell you is beauty. But you know what, Samoan women are some of the most beautiful women in the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you know. Um, and, and I think that they have, and it's very deep and it's, and it's cultural and it's very deep in their culture to one, either not care or, you know, you're beautiful for who you are. Yes. I think that's really what it is, right? <clears throat> to be embraced for who you are, supported for who, for who you are, no matter what your shape or size is, is an awesome feeling, very comforting and help, definitely helps you get by on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we have here, strong is the new skinny. Uh, that should be changed to strong is beautiful. What do you think about that? So if you do any kind of Google search for strong is the new skinny, you'll see tons and tons of those fitspiration posts of, you know, these idealized fitness people with strong is the new skinny. And I think it's really important that we start talking about strong is strong. Mm -hmm. And skinny is skinny, and they're different things, and that's okay. And some people are meant to be skinny, some people are meant to be curvy, and some are meant to be muscular. Robin, you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, it, strong is the new skinny, or it's it's just a bad way to explain things, right? Because you have to take what the idea of skinny is in that statement, and that was the cool thing, right? The idolized thing. But nowadays, whether you are strong, whether you are skinny, either way, you can be beautiful. I mean, just just before I came here, I was looking on uh, Facebook of all things, and a great coach that goes around doing flexible eating seminars has a fiance who's super duper skinny, and immediately too there was a before and after, and an after where she's eating like twenty two hundred calories a day, before where she's eating eleven hundred calories a day. She's jacked in the the after photo, right? Mm -hmm. But a doctor typical right or someone who says they're a doctor according to facebook which you never really know but went on there and shamed her 
right? Was like, oh, that's anorexic. This is a horrible image to put out to other women, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, no, 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 no. Listen, my story is that you don't have to do two-day workouts. You don't have to exercise for six hours and eat like a bird to look the way you want to look and or be happy about yourself, right? And she's known for eating a donut every day, right? And that's a pretty remarkable thing for someone who had, you know, an upside-down view of food or not a healthy relationship with food to now be confident in herself, confident in her body, and be able to enjoy herself as well. So... I will say that, and I'm sure at some point in a future episode we'll get into eating and, and nutrition and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when I, I eat somewhere between 2,800 to 3,500 calories a day, and, mm-hmm. you know, I feel – when I don't eat that much, I feel tired. I just need yeah. it. My body needs it. But when I tell people how much I eat, they're most – usually just women um, are – almost upset or offended that I could eat that much or that I felt that that was okay. And it's really crazy to think about how we have to re-educate people on, on that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to women. And, you know, just because you're eating less doesn't mean you're going to lose weight. Very true. Absolutely. I mean, with every low fat, low sugar, low everything craze, I mean, you know, you go throughout the decades and what works for dropping weight and go back to the magazines, right? Really, it is all their fault. They're getting members. They're getting people to subscribe, and they, they throw them a magazine every other month that says, oh, this is a new fad diet. That's a new fad diet. So that people try it, and then eventually they just starve themselves, right? It's really a sad thing. Yep. I think it's probably in part to, yes, the magazines, obviously, but um, brand marketing, mm-hmm. you know, just – you know, you walk through the grocery store and you see things like, I actually had this discussion earlier with one of my employees, but you see like um, low fat products or mm-hmm. sugar free products. And if you really look and read the ingredients, there's so much crap Horrendous. in that food, you know, or you're sacrificing something that like low fat increases, almost always increases the sugar or increases the carb count. Um, and what kind of nutrition are you really getting when you're sacrificing that? And then are you sacrificing brain and body function? You know, just read your ingredients and that'll help. But those companies make a ton of money on people's insecurities. Absolutely. Of money. Absolutely. And that those are all great things that were definitely, I mean, I could see easily another half hour coming from yeah. that alone. Yeah. Right. Nutrition is such a loaded, loaded subject. But it's another thing, exactly that. You're walking through a grocery store, like the aisles of the grocery store. And all these things bombard you, whether you take them in, whether you actually buy the ingredients or not, you always see the labels. And uh, yeah, that's definitely something that needs to change and something that people need to realize might not necessarily be the best for them. No, very, very true. And I also think that, you know, you you take away, I I think that your your home life is also kind of important. Um, I think that if you have good role models, if you have, you know, parents who who love you and, and really and I think give you that positive reinforcement, that positive feedback that give you the confidence. And I'm not saying it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's the only thing that, you know, needs to happen. But I think that there is definitely a start there. Say say you're, you're overweight as a kid, okay? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you do things. You do, you know, you're active. You play basketball. You know, you play baseball, football, whatever. Um, or, uh, you know, you're, you're a girl and you uh, maybe you, you, you cheerlead or, you know, you, you – play field hockey and you're, you're active. You don't look it, you know, you don't, you don't look the, the part, I guess would be a way, a way to put it. Um, but you're active and you're healthy. If, if you have, you know, a mom who's reading these, these magazines and pointing to the cover and saying, 
listen, this isn't real. You don't have to look like this. You're beautiful the way you are. As long as you're healthy and you feel good, mm-hmm. okay, that you don't have to look like this, okay? You can look like me, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I think I'm, I'm beautiful. You should do that too, you know? And I think that that positive reinforcement from parents is definitely a first step or, you know, a good foundation in order to combat that. Because it's, it's totally a mental thing. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's all, I think it's a, it's a big mental thing. And companies really understand how to market and how to manipulate um, in order to, to feed off of that insecurity, like, like Robin said. And I think that combating the insecurity itself is definitely mm-hmm. a really good first step. And I think that starts in the home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, speaking from foreign fat kids perspective, right? My parents, always supportive of me, didn't have anything wrong with me. I was always very, very active. We always ate good food, too. Maybe, you know, being a guinea, like fair share amount of pasta. And (laughs) like four nights a week might be a little too much. But as a family, changed the game up and like went Atkins diet. And it was high fat and it was controversial at the time. They're like, oh, my God, why why are you doing this at 16? And honestly, the only reason I changed was because I wanted to feel better, right, personally. I was like 5'3", 220 pounds and a little meatball. And at the same time, it, as a family, turned it on its head. We were eating salmon for dinner, eating steak for dinner, eating chicken for dinner with veggies, all the good stuff, right? Natural stuff, things that you should be eating. But honestly, I, I would say my family was always supportive, except my little brother when he lost in video games and dropped the F-bomb, <laughs> call me fat. And it would send me into such, such a tantrum. And I would just I'd go in my room and basically lock myself in. But I think it also comes from, you know, society, right? Like you're a kid and how many hours a day do you spend in school? Pretty much the same as you spend at home, right? Sure. And kids are mean, man. Kids are mean little boogers. And it's, again, this is another super loaded topic with bullying and things like that. Oh, yeah. But if you are just a smidge plump or have a little bit of baby fat on the cheeks, kids are relentless. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how exactly what the solution is for a problem like that because i mean you can't teach parents how to parent unfortunately correct that could definitely (laughs) help nowadays but you're absolutely right about being a positive influence at the home and saying that listen these ideals that are are out there in your mind aren't necessarily what should be desired right so long as you feel good you you take part in activities and you are healthy it's all that really matters sure i will say that like to your point mike that I also, former fat kid, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was never skinny, but very active. Um, my mom is from Wisconsin, so, you know, it's family, wholesome meal, you know, meat, vegetable, carb, and some sort of salad. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, portion control, I mean, you know, we did all of that. It wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up in a house where we ate, like, pizza every night or anything yeah. like that. Not that we didn't eat pizza. Um, and But I got all the way through elementary school and middle school without really anybody saying anything to me about, hey, why are you so fat? And then high school, it's not necessarily that people bullied me directly, Mm -hmm. um, but they definitely looked at me differently than Mm -hmm. my peers. Um, I didn't go to prom with anyone, things like that, which like I didn't really think about as like a big deal. I didn't really care about. And then flash forward to a couple, you know, 2011 and I'm standing in the hospital, 400 pounds and you know ready to go into surgery for weight loss surgery and you know at some point you get so big that you kind of give up on yourself and so i think weight loss surgery was the best thing i ever did to love myself 
Um, and being able to lose that weight um, really helped me realize that body image is bullshit. Like, you should just be who you want to be and let your personality shine through. And Sure. And, and you know, I, I think that, you know, you, you make a really good point. And I think um, media and, and society, I think it makes it makes that a lot harder for girls than it does for boys. Um, you know, we've got something here, you know, when, when, when we're young, you know, we think we're invincible. We, we, we love ourselves. Um, but somewhere between then and adulthood, you know, that, that belief changes. I think, you know, the idea of mortality uh, comes in at, at a certain point. Um, but with the whole loving yourself and never, you know, not being afraid and, and thinking you're in, invincible, to me, that's totally a boy thing. Oh, yeah. Jumping off whatever, you know, the, the jungle gym and, you know, landing awkwardly and maybe you twist your ankle, but you're like, ah, whatever. I'm gonna kick that ball. Or that I'm was gonna, Mike you know, like around. a couple of months ago. Yeah, that was me coming, <laughs> coming off the rig. I was invincible, and boom, you know, sprained ankle. Because because you know, for 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 boys, we have we have the we have the big athletes, and we have the movie mm-hmm. stars, and and you know what? Our role models are all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, they really are. Now that I think think about it, you know, your favorite football player can be you know a six one two hundred ten pound quarterback or a six six four hundred fifty pound lineman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because, you know, they're big, they're strong, but they're all different, you know, shapes and sizes. For women, I think that's a lot harder. Girls see, you know, one kind of image. And if it's a different image, then the media pulls it apart and, and mm-hmm. you know, pokes and prods and says these these, these things. And for boys, our, our movie stars, our comedians, our athletes, whatever – they're all different. And for girls, it's I, I don't think it's the same. You're absolutely right, Dave. I think it comes down to, I mean, you look at athletes, right? And that was a great example because I was starting to think and I was like, all right, Invincible, we're going to go the Superman route, right? Like, dude basically has no weakness unless it's kryptonite, which pff, there's none of that around here. So we're fine. But bringing it into the football player route, right, and athletes, that's a big thing right there. They're doing something that's remarkable. They're playing a professional sport. They're the upper echelon in what they do. Yeah, and they're and all different shapes and sizes. They're all different shapes and sizes. And, I mean, not to, you know, make it two sides of the coin here, but females, what do you have as far as sports is concerned? Do they put as much sports on TV as men? Nope. No, not at all, right? Female athletes make a significant amount less regarding money, yeah. and they definitely don't get the publicity. I mean, like WNBA. Yep. I haven't yeah. heard of that in years, yeah. right? No, Since like true. the Rebecca Lobo exists. days. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You got nothing, you know. So I, I, I think that I think that uh, that CrossFit um, or you know any kind of cross training, a lot of these these programs, they w- once you go in, you kind of discover like, oh, it is it is okay. I think that CrossFit really, or weightlifting, or you know whatever a strongman, whatever you're doing, it really helps you to appreciate your body for its full capabilities. Um, and it challenges you to be better and stronger based on your own body and not on mm-hmm. what you see in the magazines. And I, quite honestly, I didn't really learn to love my body for its full capability until I started at CrossFit because I'd never really pushed it to the point of exhaustion or anything mm-hmm. like that, or, you know, tried something completely new to what I had, you know, done before. Absolutely. I mean, there are a variety of skills, a variety of movements, and a variety of capacities that you could express yourself in now versus, you know, going to the gym to do what? And then we bring it back to good old muscle mag, right? Muscle and fitness, men's health, whatever you want to call it. You follow some routine to look a certain way. That was the end all be all. And now it's just you go to the gym 
to go to the gym, yep. right? To go to the gym and, and enjoy something, right? To explore different avenues of fitness, to lift stones, to deadlift as much as you want, to do gymnastics, right? To bottom line, move and be healthy, right? And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Sure. So, absolutely. And t- talking about, I think, the, the outsider uh, what they what they think about weightlifting or what they, they think um, about training or whatever. If you're a woman, Robin, you had a very interesting experience recently. Uh, you you went to yeah. a you went to a uh, like a marketing event or like a yeah a, some sort of like lunch networking thing. yeah yeah. Um, and you you told this guy that you were you were a CrossFit uh, athlete, right? Yeah. Somehow I got trapped into a conversation with this guy, um, obviously fit looking. Um, and, uh, conversation got around to weightlifting and I told him that I did CrossFit and then, you know, we do weightlifting and things like that. And, um, he basically said, well, be careful not to lift too much because you don't want to look too manly. <sighs> I was like, this is where we end our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sayonara. Uh, funny enough, there was like this skinny yoga lady standing next to me and she was like, she just, she did not appreciate his comment at all. No. And she definitely let him know. That, that is that one beautiful thing okay. about yoga peeps. Not going to lie, right? Yeah. They're very supportive. Their whole namaste oh, philosophy, yeah. right? Absolutely. <laughs> Even if they're a completely different look mm-hmm. than we are, right? They still, they get it. They're like, no. man, you just tread on the wrong thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, it's. It's awesome. It's it's the <laughs> it's, it's 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 the practice of like, hey, obviously it makes her happy. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Exactly. I Come mean, on, her bro. point was that it's not really it wasn't really his job to judge. Yeah. You know what makes someone feminine exactly yeah. or womanly, exactly. Um, and that you know he definitely just overstepped his boundaries for um, sure. But he's obviously not the only one. You know, top CrossFit athletes get called female athletes get called manly and bulky all the time. All of the time. Even even those that aren't like I have a good friend of mine who's a competitor in the, the local area, takes pictures every so often, and same deal. I called manly, and you know had a, had a really hard time with it. And honestly, I think it's it's just one people work extremely hard to get that look, whether they want it or not. Right, the yep. the amount of effort that goes into that is beautiful to dedicate your life. Like CrossFit Games athletes, you take a look at any one of them, right? And we talked before about how they're shredded on the men's and women's side of the things. Like Sam Briggs, she puts in a phenomenal amount of work. And that is impressive. And that is something, even if you had the time to do it, a lot of people mentally couldn't go through with it. Sure. And so to look the way she looks is a badge of honor that nobody should be able to take away from her. Oh, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. And I think Um, the same goes for, you know, we don't, I think bodybuilders get a lot of flack because Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is just show and not necessarily go. But that's Mm -hmm. what they're trying. That's their goal. But that's their goal. If they are a bodybuilder, right, we're going to have to make the difference between this. If they're a bodybuilder, right, and they actually compete and they want to look a certain way, they want to, you know, make sure they're symmetrical. They Mm want to make sure their conditioning is perfect 8, 12 weeks out, 16 weeks out from a show. Awesome, more power to you. But there are a whole lot of people that disguise themselves as bodybuilders, yes. aka gym meatheads, and or potentially the person Robin ran into at this networking. I mean, <laughs> hopefully he's not listening. Maybe he is listening. Ooh. You never know. But yeah, he'll learn. He'll learn there's, something. There's a big discrepancy, and and honestly, the majority of people that I know that are actual bodybuilders are accepting yes. of CrossFitters, oh, are yeah. accepting of powerlifters. Yeah, you know, it's they have a much better view of things and much better appreciation for hard work sure. and effort. 
I think that most most people, no matter what they're into, no matter how they train, no matter what they're training for, they understand and, and appreciate, like you said, hard work. They appreciate mm-hmm. effort. You know, if, if you're if you're a top tier bodybuilder, then you know, you any athlete understands that that there's a level of work that goes in, into that. If you're a top tier baseball player or football player, if you're a mm-hmm. top tier CrossFit athlete, okay, if you're a top tier any kind of athlete or any kind of thing then there's a certain amount of passion and work and effort that goes into it. And I think that most of the people on the top tier actually appreciate each other, no oh, matter absolutely. what they're in, because they understand that that work can look a lot different in a lot of different things. You know, you, know, you, you, could, you could work real hard and be an amazing comedian, you know, and work 10,000 hours and perfect that, you know, one, one or two jokes. And then you can be... Uh, you could be a football player, you know, a quarterback working 10,000 hours to try and perfect that spiral or perfect that, mm-hmm. that pass. You could be a CrossFit athlete working 10,000 hours to get those, you know, to get those kips, to get those those pull-ups, to get those pulls and everything. You know, you just – you appreciate it because you yourself are doing just as much work in what you love. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that goes across the board. Another thing uh, I think that is really important to talk about is men's fitness uh, and body image – and the mass media compared to women. Um, you know, when you see Muscle and Fitness magazine, you see these huge, huge guys on the cover, you know, doing the either the bodybuilding poses or, you know, with with a thousand pounds in a in a in a squat position or or whatever. And for women, Robin, what do you usually see? Oh my god, don't I mean, this is just a whole topic in its own, but um I will indi- I will let you know based on how I buy these magazines is that I buy, there's really only one women's fitness magazine that I buy and it's oxygen mm-hmm. because it has those, um, more manly quote unquote, looking oh, women, yeah. more manly <laughs> the athletic looking women. women. Um, and then I buy them for usually the recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I buy men's health and men's fitness magazines for the exercises. Nice. Um, because that's what they focus on is getting bigger, getting gains, being bulky. And then women's magazines tend to focus on being lean and this, try this recipe and love your body, but also you should be skinny and things like that. So confusing. It's, it is confusing. It is. And, and if it's confusing to people who are old enough to understand the difference between crap and cream, imagine a 10 year old who mm-hmm. goes in and just, you know, wants like a soda or like a buttered roll from their deli and in the newsstand, they see, you know, all these health and fitness magazines, and it's and it's a huge, huge guy, mm-hmm. and it's a really, really skinny woman. Yep. And it's just that that image, no matter how quick they look at it, is there mm-hmm. because it's reinforced on billboards and on commercials and other magazine and then covers, TV shows, and TV shows. Like sure, yeah. absolutely. Um, so but there's definitely an emphasis on men when. You know, it's not just women. So when oh, yeah. you go and you look at men's fitness magazines, that everybody has to look like, you know, a super humongo so muscly guy. You take uh, the prime example here. I don't know if anybody watched the new rendition of American Gladiators, which is now very old. Oh yeah, I think yeah. it's hosted by like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I remember that. Lolly, but uh, there was a guy named Titan on that show, and Michael Hearn, who's known as a power power bodybuilder, right, is the pinnacle of what a Greek god would look like, right? And he's been on, I forgot the numbers he dropped, and I don't even want to put in them, hundreds of magazines, hundreds of mm-hmm. magazine covers, because he's 280 plus pounds with eight to six, I would, 8% body fat is a high number, I would say, Ooh. 
but this man is immense, right? And at the same time, always, always, always driving anybody, whether they're in an immense physical condition, whether they've been in the gym for years, whether they, you know, log every calorie, every micronutrient, macronutrient that they get, they take in, they will never get to that look. But what does it make you do? It makes you buy a magazine. It makes you buy a certain supplement and go, oh man, I want to gain weight. What do I need to do? Oh, let me do these exercises like this type of bicep curl. That's what's going to get me the 24 inch pythons. No, not at all. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, the look, it, it's, it's definitely out there and it's definitely something that even if it's not as shameful, right? Or not as like, hey, you guys have to look like this, right? I mean, we might have a lot more role models or a lot mm-hmm. more avenues as far as like, hey, look like this guy, emulate this person. They're great at what they do. But at the same time, it's there. Like you you look at any actor in a role, any actor in any physical role, like you have Brad Pitt in Fight Club. He was absolutely shredded, so mean as Tyler Durden. You look at him in Troy when he was Achilles, yeah. right? And he was That's a, true. a completely different type yeah. of shredded, but still in immense physical condition. Yeah. So yeah, the pressure is there for guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, but exactly that, I, I think we just have less of a societal push to be that way, right? Sure, sure. I also think that whether it's less of a societal push or it's uh, it's the fact that I think that women are objectified a lot more. Oh yeah. Than men, um, I think that that's a big that that, that that's a big thing too mm-hmm. because you know when you objectify anything. It's all about how it looks, you know, what it feels like, you know, does it feel good to hold, does it feel good to touch? Um, And when you objectify uh, people, um, it's mostly, now I'm not saying that men don't get objectified, they do, they absolutely do, okay? I'm a big professional wrestling fan. Huge. All right. Men are objectified. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They have to look look a certain way, and a lot of times it's by their bosses too, Mm -hmm. in in certain things. Um, but women, I think overall, get a lot more uh, of that from from movies, from billboards, from magazines, um, and I think that uh, that's where it really, you know, the the the, the psyche takes a toll. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, it's 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 a deeper problem than people actually realize. Um, while we're on the topic of professional wrestling yeah. and um, men. Shout out to Nia Jax, who's really has changed Absolutely. what you consider a diva these days. I mean, 100%. She's a beast, a powerhouse. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, talk about divas and getting into that sure. conversation, right? Like, you look back in the day, women's wrestling. I mean, besides, like, the Mae Young or the Fabulous Moolahs, like, not going back that far. But the only thing, it was, like, something to walk down on the arm of a wrestler, right? You look at Macho Man, you look at... Any phenomenal wrestler with a lady beside her, you look at Sable, right? She Mm -hmm. got married to Brock Lesnar. She was, oh my goodness, right? Like, definitely gorgeous, definitely very feminine, right? Definitely beautiful. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, that was the only depiction of a woman in professional wrestling back then. And that was on every Monday night. Pretty much, yeah. All the time. Yeah. So, you know, so that I think, you know, they've done a very good job of, of trying to change that or trying to put a different style and a yes. different shape and different image in in front of you. You know, Nia Jax is, is, is a great example. Samoan Descent, mm-hmm. you know, she's a big girl, but she's also beautiful. She's athletic. And she can move. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Flair, Rick Ric Flair's daughter. Mm-hmm. She's not the, I don't think, the stereotypical beautiful, beautiful woman. She's lean. She's more square. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like her arms are bigger, her legs are a little bit bigger. She has, you know, you could see it in her in, in her shoulders. Um, but she was, they had her as the women's champion for a long, long time. Long time, you know. So you know, I think that there there are there are plenty of of instances in media in entertainment that you know are doing are going in the right direction. But I think that there's still a long, long way to go. Um, all right, so just a, a couple things to ra- wrap up. Uh, fitness follows function. Robin, go go through a couple of these. Um, so it's the idea that you should have more focus on what we can do, what our bodies can do, than what you look like. And um, change your obsession with losing weight to your obsession with building new skills and building new strength. Um, that brings up the question, yeah, like why do you lift? Why do you go to the gym, right? And it's more than just like burning calories. It's more than just getting leaner. It's more than just, hey, why don't you look a certain way? Now exactly that, the obsession with being able to lift weights, with being able to move your body in a certain way, being able to look at, to run faster, go further, right? And ultimately the purpose is the key. You get more energy throughout the day. Um, improved mental health and self-esteem I think is a big, big thing. I think that when you realize, you know, what exercising or what getting into something like CrossFit or cross training or any any kind of physical activity can do for you, then I think your mind kind of goes away from what the media or what society wants you to think, and you kind of realize, you know, all all the positives that go in from you know exercising because in a way you're kind of tricking your mind in, into it. You know, you see all these images, you know, what do I have to do to get like that? Oh, all right, well, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to do it. But then you realize that you're going to feel better. Uh, you wake up better. You definitely sleep better. Also, there's a lower risk of breast cancer. Uh, and I think you also, you start eating better, even if it's not intentional. You're just, you think, oh, well, I need to fuel my body versus exactly. just eat whatever is in front of sure. me. Sure. Eating to perform. Yeah. Right? It's a beautiful thing. Not to mention, to touch on the, the mental health thing too, Dave, but... You have a, a woman, for example, when you back squat 200 pounds for the first time, right? You're going to be on top of the world. You do pull-ups, right? Sure. How many – we? I might have touched on this in a previous episode, but women coming in, the ability to do pull-ups, not usually there day one at CrossFit, right? But over time, we see women accomplish their first pull-up, whether it's kipping, strict, hit their first muscle-up, right? And then they're on top of the world for the rest of the day, and nothing can bring them down. It's and not even the rest of the day. It's a long, long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Long, Why are you time. looking at me like that? Long time. That <laughs> sticks with you, man. Wait, remember. I mean, you know, you, you, hurt, you, you hurt your wrist and yeah. you were doing a lot of leg work for, for a long time. Yeah. And then I remember you you texted me. I think I still, I still have it. I squatted 205 pounds with all these exclamation points. And you're like, all these women are coming up to me and they're talking to me. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, let's let's work on squats. Let's let's do this. You know, can you show me this? And and I don't I think it's 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 the combination of that mental hoop that, you know, that big hurdle that, you know, you just got over. Plus, you know, all all the attention from other people. And I'm not saying it's not it's not warranted, but I think that that there's there's too much not not too much there's there's not enough attention for the right things i think that you know there's so many there's so many different things that you can be congratulated for that you can be hyped up for that people can come up and say good job to mm-hmm. and i don't think that it's done enough you know was it warranted for you absolutely but there are also so many other things you know you can boost somebody's self esteem by just going over to them and saying great great job hell That's yeah true. and yeah. that i mean that's beauty right there. Absolutely. That support system that you see very frequently. I mean, again, not to pat CrossFit on the back, but 
in a class, right? Yep. You have other people supporting the accomplishments of others, whether it's something that's, you know, done on numerous occasions or something that's phenomenal, like the 200 pound back squat, right? Either way, people could use that little pat on the back every once in a while. That's it's a right. Very, it's a very beautiful thing. That's right. And you know what? B- body image is not only physical, it's also mental. Yes. And that, you know, that helps so, so much. Awesome. Awesome discussion. Awesome topic. I think that we, we did a really good job covering a lot, a lot of bases. Um, Robin, where can people find us? Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at 730trained. We're also on Facebook, and we're actually also on SoundCloud. I didn't mention that last time. That's all right. That's where, that's where they find the episodes. Um, you can also find us at CrossFit Norwalk in Norwalk, Connecticut. That's our home base. Uh, come join us. Come check us out. We love it there, and we think you will too. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, like every week, Mike, what time? 7.30. So solid every single time. Ah, love it. All right. See you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. 7.30.